Welcome to the Open to Hope Show in partnership with the Compassionate Friends. I'm your host, Dr. Heidi Horsley, and I'm here today with my co-host and mom, Dr. Gloria Horsley. Hi, Mom. Well, hi, Heidi. Oh, we've got a great guest because that's somebody we know from the, the Compassionate Friends, and we uh, love the Compassionate Friends and their groups. And if we hope if anybody's listening to this that doesn't know about it, it's a wonderful organization for people who have lost a child, a grandchild, or a sibling, and we partner with them, and there are, what, 700 chapters now around the United yep. States, Heidi? Yep, 700 chapters. We service about a million, We reach about a million people. Um, the Facebook page is over 200,000, over 250,000 members. It's a big and growing organization, and we just we want to reach everybody. Because although we've reached a lot of people, as you know, Mom, there's a lot more that need us, and we're here for them. Absolutely, and and there are uh, how many uh, Facebook pages, Heidi? Right now, I think there's over 20 closed Facebook pages, and one is called The Sounds of the Siblings, and it's for bereaved siblings. And what are the other ones? There's some for suicide specifically? Suicide, drug overdose, homicide. Oh, there's, I can't, there's just a, oh, miscarriage, of course. I mean, the reason I say of course is because I've had a miscarriage, uh, a couple of them. Um, yeah, so there's a lot of different closed Facebook pages, which you can find by going to the main Facebook page, the Compassionate Friends main Facebook page. So it's thecompassionatefriends.org for the whole main site. So mm-hmm. please tell people about it. And now introduce our wonderful person that we've met there. On the yes, show. Cindy is not only someone that I've met, but she is one of my Compassionate Friends siblings, and I've known her for years, and I absolutely adore her. She's one of my favorite people in the whole world. I'm so glad she's finally on the show. I'm like, I've got to get her on. I've I've known her. She's my go-to person. We're doing something this year together. We're doing a workshop together, which I'm excited about. And today we're going to talk about sibling loss. So I'm going to introduce Cindy Tart Bowers, who recently got married. Hey, Cindy. Okay, so after the death of her brother Dennis, Cindy became involved as a brief sibling participant in the Compassionate Friends. The support group helped to discover her ultimate goal of helping others through grief. Volunteering with TCF as a workshop presenter brought her to the final phases of her MSW degree. She's getting a master's in social work, she's getting straight A's, and she's also got a darling daughter, Amber, and as I said, has recently been married. So welcome to the show, Cindy. Thank you. Hello, hello. Shout out for you getting your MSW uh, degree. You know, there, there's a whole, a whole thing out there. Um, I used to teach at the University of Rochester, and, and Heidi knows when she tried to do her dissertation on sibling loss, there's a whole world out there that thinks, oh, you shouldn't uh, study your own loss, or you know, you shouldn't benefit from her, or you shouldn't be able to help other people. There was an old Freudian thing that said you should never talk about anything you know, to your clients that's ever happened to you, that kind of thing. Have you found that at all in your work, in your dissertation, or your, did you do a thesis or something? Absolutely. They tell you no countertransference, and Mm -hmm. that's just where I'm not supposed to tell them about my loss or tell them what I've been through and and use my experiences. And um, I I definitely debate with the professors in a kind way Mm -hmm. Um, just to say, now, wait a minute, who else would better know than me? I absolutely agree with you, Cindy. And, you know, I worked with 9-11 families for 10 years who lost a firefighter in the World Trade Center. And what I would tell them is, you know, I don't know what it's like to have someone die in the World Trade Center, but I do know what it's like 
to wake up one day and have my brother, who was my go-to person, suddenly gone from this earth because he died in a car accident. And so I'm here to tell you, while I don't know your exact loss because we can't know someone else's, I know what it's like to lose someone suddenly that you loved and thought you were going to spend the rest of your life with. And they find that very comforting. They love that I say that, and it doesn't become about me. Then we turn it over to them, and it's about them. Absolutely. And I think that that, too, is what attracted me to the Compassionate Friends many years ago, Mm -hmm. was that they understood me. That's the one place that I feel safe that I can still go to. 30 years after my brother's been dead, I can still go, and if I shed a tear, it's okay. Mm -hmm. If I shed a tear back home, they look at me strange. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, know. uh, the thing is, what people don't realize is, you know, if you never get over it, they say, well, you don't, but you eventually realize that was then and this is now. I can right. I can uh, get get a little bit choked up on their birthday, but I know that that was then and this is now, and I'm I'm on a, a whole different trajectory path now. Well, 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 like you said, Mom, what happens now for me, and I'm sure th- this may happen for for Cindy. When I think about Scott, I get really I can go I can go to a place of great pain and sadness, but it doesn't ruin my entire day. I can right. then move forward and move on with my day, and I can give him a moment and then move on, whereas in the past, early on, my day would have been wrecked if I had done that. Absolutely. Heidi, I just had a, a revelation, Cindy mm-hmm. and Heidi. It's, it, you, you said I can give him a, a moment. What people don't realize is that moment's a gift for us. Mm-hmm. We've been given absolutely. a gift of the moment with them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. It's our, it's our connect, yeah. I yeah. completely so, agree. So, Cindy, tell us a little bit about your sibling loss experience and, and with Dennis and, and what happened and how you got where you are today. Oh, okay. Um, February 5th of 1986, he was playing with a rubber ball about three inches in diameter. My mom said, keep it out of your mouth, son. You're going to choke. And before you know it, it formed a suction over his um, throat. And um, there was nothing that could be done. The Heimlich maneuver, nothing could be done. Wow. So he choked on a rubber ball. And that was in February and in July of 1986. Um, and I have a surviving sister, Kathy. Mm-hmm. And at the time when Dennis died, he died at 8, almost 9. So I was going on 15, and my sister had just turned 10. So then you fast forward from February to July. My parents say, hey, we're going on vacation. We thought, yes, finally, getting away from all this sadness. Because as a teenager at 15, that's all I could think of. I just want out of all this sadness. Mm-hmm. And then they said, we're going to Omaha, Nebraska. I immediately looked at my 10-year-old sister. I said, there's no beach. There's no mountains. I have no idea why we're going. (laughs) Omaha. And then they told us that we were going to the Compassionate Friends Conference. And I thought, wait a minute. That's that group Mom and Dad went to in Raleigh. And I didn't feel like I belonged. It was a lot of bereaved parents. And when I even raised my hand, I was told, this meeting's for parents. Mm Mm-hmm. And I went, ooh, okay. And then I wound up at my first workshop at the National Conference in 1986. And this older woman with a beautiful black skirt down a little past her knees and a white ruffled blouse sat in the middle in a chair, and we all sat Indian style around her. And she introduced herself, and she was Dr. Elizabeth Kubler-Ross. Oh, wow. 
and she wanted us to tell us as much as we could handle about our brother or sister that had died. And I thought, well, you know, i got to be strong for my little sister. So when it was my turn to talk, um, there was a blonde-headed girl to my right who introduced herself as Tracy from Yardley, Pennsylvania, and told about her brother, Andrew. And then it was my turn, and all I could get out was, I'm Cindy, Dennis's sister, and the tears began. Now, keep in mind, it was just a few months after his death, Mm -hmm. and I couldn't Mm -hmm. stop crying. I couldn't. It was like my voice was frozen. I couldn't talk. And my sister was already crying, and this blonde-headed girl that had just introduced herself from Pennsylvania grabbed my hand. Oh, wow. (laughs) I'd never met her. Wow. And that was when I knew, wait a minute, this is somewhere I can talk about my brother, or I don't have to talk about him. It's Either way, it's okay. I'm safe. It's a safe place. And this is in 1986, right? 1986. Okay, and so for those of you that are listening, let me tell you, fast forward, Cindy and Tracy are best friends today. Yes, we are. <laughs> <laughs> I love this story. Yes, we are. And then you fast forward, and like I said, we spent, Tracy and I both spent probably the first 10 years, I'd say 5 to 10 years, going for ourselves and, and, and learning to heal along our own grief journey. And then the revelation hit us both, wait a minute, there's so much more we could do for siblings in this organization and, and for them not to be so much the forgotten mourners that they always seem to be. Mm-hmm. So we began to start doing and helping in and, and whatever way we could. Now, did and you so go to Compassionate Friends National Conferences after that? Oh, yes, ma'am. I haven't, I haven't missed but maybe five or six in the last 30 years. That's amazing. Oh. What a great story. So you met Tracy. Where mm-hmm. was she from? Yardley, Pennsylvania. And recently, Mom, they were in each other's weddings. They went to each other's <laughs> weddings. Yes. I love this story. So yes. two, years, two years ago, she was in mine, and in January, we were at hers. I love it. So, what do you think that? What do you think is unique about losing a brother or sister? Um, I think the most unique part is something I heard many, many years ago, and I don't know where I heard it from. Um, I, it was at a national conference, and I think it was a guest speaker. And I don't. And they even said the author was anonymous. But I think the most unique thing is when. A parent loses a child, they've, they've kind of lost their future. Mm-hmm. When, when someone loses their spouse, they, lose their, they kind of lose their present. Um, when you lose a parent, you've lost your past. But when you lose a sibling, you've lost your past, your present, and your future. You kind of feel like you're spinning your wheels. Because mm-hmm. you have nobody to discuss the memories of childhood with. The memories that mom and dad have no clue about. Mm-hmm. You have nobody to be there when you go to prom. You have nobody there for you, depending on when the loss happened. I didn't have, I, he wasn't there for me to see me off to prom. He wasn't there to see me off to college. He wasn't there for my wedding. He, you know, many, the birth of my child. Well, that's the interesting um, thing about it as you're talking, Cindy, because the, it keeps going on and on and on. I mean, you were only married two years ago. and. Right. And yet he died in, what, 1986? Mm-hmm. In 86. And yet you're still missing him because different things are happening in your life where he's not there. Right. And, and then you two, you two are both bereaved siblings. You had to deal with us, the parents. Yes. And you're supposed to have a normal <laughs> life, right? 
Yes, ma'am, and that was that was kind of tough. I mean, I can remember thinking in the first two or three years, I have to fix mom. I have right. to fix dad. They're broken. Right, and, and it's scary because what we've never seen our parents that vulnerable. Exactly. Which is terrifying regardless of how old we are. And the thing about it is, Cindy, too, and I, I know this was your experience as well, you know, when we tell people, okay, I've had a brother die, the response is usually, how are your parents? Always, how are your parents? And the one that I can remember to, from this day um, was a fellow church member mm-hmm. that said, look at your dad. He is completely distraught. Now, you need to be there for him. Mm-hmm. And you need and to be I strong just, for oh, him. Really? <laughs> yeah, and so it gives us the message, okay, you're, you've got to be strong for your parents. You've got to be there for them. You've got to be good for them. You've got to you know, not cause them any pain or not even. And I think a lot of a lot of us siblings, we, we grieve alone or we grieve with each other, but not in front of our parents because we're giving all these messages from the outside world. Right. I don't want to upset them because if I have a bad day and back then, you're right, I had bad days. Now I have now I have little bad moments here and there. But if I had a bad day, I had to keep it from mom and dad because I definitely did not want them to get upset because mm-hmm. they appeared to be having a good day. <laughs> of course, they might ask you about it, too, or something. How about you guys? How about when your parents don't think you're talking enough about it or whatever? Oh, absolutely. The day, the the week, seven days after my brother was buried. Um, now I'm really telling my age. Back in the 80s, it was <laughs> roller skating on Friday nights. And a week to the day, I begged my mom, please just let me go to the roller rink. And my mom just said, no, ma'am, your brother was buried a week ago. This is ridiculous. And my dad had to finally stand up and say, I'm taking her. Mm -hmm. She needs to go. Yeah, because you're a teenager. And, you know, it's hard. It's like we have to, and I was 20, you were 15. We have to still be normal, you know, do normal things that kids at 15 and 20 do. We can't all of a sudden just put our lives on hold. Absolutely, and that was it. And my mom thought I wasn't grieving my brother because I wanted to go and do and be with friends, and she swore up and down that I wasn't grieving. Mm. And so what would you tell people that, that are worried in their own situations that their kids aren't grieving for those reasons? Um, I would just simply say that communication to me is the key between parent, bereaved parents and bereaved siblings. And keep that line of communication open and it took me about three years before I did communicate with my parents that I was grieving the loss of my brother because after that three years, it's kind of like I hit a, I hit a brick wall myself mm-hmm. with the grief where I just felt like I had to be strong for my sister, my mom, and my dad. And what I would tell a, parent, a bereaved parent is just be there for that sibling. Because your parents are nutty. Did you notice how nutty we were? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> but when I looked at my mom and dad and the tears began to flow, they immediately, I was grateful they took action. And they knew it was time for counseling or time for something to help me. Um, because I had, I, I just totally avoided it as long as I could. Because as a teenager, that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to be with my friends and run and hide from the pain. Yeah. So- Heidi, what about your nutty parents? <laughs> well, I, I, for me, I mean... I think that a lot of siblings feel like, okay, yes, our parents are nutty, but we see, as Cindy said, how much pain they're in, and we know how devastating this has been for everybody. So I think that we are also like, you know what, they're nutty, but something is happening. I mean, our brothers are gone, and they died suddenly, so we kind of understand why they're nutty. 
Did you ever, either of them, did you ever feel like your parents might get divorced, or did you ever get worried about, because, you know, you, it's a nutty time for parents. They're grieving differently and talking about each other or talking to other people or anything on that front? Oh, absolutely. My my parents actually did end up in a, in a divorce, but both of them um, since then have, have both remarried, and I've got great step-parents, and we celebrate grandchildren's birthdays together, step parents and parents, and it's, and we can still. My mom and dad, and myself and my sister can sit down and talk about um, Dennis and good memories and and bad memories. And did Dennis's death lead to that divorce? Possibly. I don't think any of us will ever know. Um, but did I do I remember the conversations between my parents as a young person and them saying to each other? Um, that a lot of bereaved parents end up in divorce. I remember the conversation between my parents. Mm-hmm. Like I said, I don't know if it was because of that. Um, my mom's been to national conferences. My dad's been to national conferences. So um, the one thing that they still have in common is they're still Dennis's mom and dad. They're still my mom and dad. Mm-hmm. And like I said, I'm grateful that we can still all share the good and the bad. Mm-hmm. So, so, Cindy, what do you think helps siblings that are grieving? I think what helps siblings that are grieving the most is someone else that understands. Because when you're going through it, you know that you don't know what it's like to lose a child as a sibling. If you've never lost a child, if you're an adult sibling, and you've never lost a child yourself, you don't know the grief that your parents are in. Mm-hmm. And you know that they don't know your grief, especially if they've never lost a sibling. So the grief is is different, and and it's hard to communicate with them. And I found it very difficult the first three years to communicate with my parents Mm -hmm. about that grief. Um, And I think that's the the biggest, that's the hardest on siblings is you feel like you have no one to talk to. Absolutely. And I I just want to say out there for everybody that is listening, if you feel alone with a sibling loss, which oftentimes we do, like Cindy's saying, because we don't know people that have had this happen, please go to the Facebook page, The Compassionate Friends, Sound of the Siblings, because there are so many people like Cindy and Tracy and me and just many, many people that are on there supporting and talking about their own loss. And you don't even have to get involved. You can just read. I oftentimes just read what people are saying, and then you don't feel alone. And you realize That's others the, have gone through it, too, and they're making it. That is, the, that is the best thing. And if my dad was on this talk show, he would tell you guys, he can't tell you the hundreds of dollars he paid in phone bills for Tracy and I to talk. I love it. <laughs> I love it, Cindy. And, and, yeah, and, and the other, other thing is we've got a lot of things on Open to Hope, too, a lot of radio things. One thing I wanted to get into with you, too, is friends. What happens with those friends? When you form a bond with another bereaved sibling... How about a non, though? How did your friends treat you? My friends... Oh, I lost friends along the way. Mm -hmm. And I think as you walk along the grief journey as a bereaved sibling, you realize... It's almost you realize who who your really true friends are. The true ones stick by you and are there to listen, and they're there to comfort. But there are some friends that had to be let go. Yeah. Some people can't can't handle being there. And then some people, you know, disappear and then a few years later they reappear. 
it's interesting mm-hmm. looking around and seeing who's there and who's not. And I find a lot of the ones that were there were people that, that were friends that had had other losses in their lives, so they weren't so afraid of it. Right. And you know, I think it's important for parents to hear this because I've talked to parents and they get really upset because they think their kids' friends weren't nice enough or whatever. And I think they need to realize, too, everyone needs to realize not everybody's good guru support. Adults lose friends. Kids lose friends. Yeah. Not everybody can handle it. That's right. I don't, I don't think a lot of people, especially at 15, when I was 15 and Heidi was 20, even at 15 and 20, there were not a lot of people our age that have experienced significant loss. I totally agree. I knew nobody that had a brother or sister die. That's why I love, you know, the Compassionate Friends Facebook page, and we've done a lot of shows at Open to Hope, including this one that is on sibling loss. So, okay, Cindy, so so go to those places, and we've done a lot of webinars on sibling loss. Go to those places if you're out there and if you, if you feel alone. And, Cindy, I want to thank you today for being on our show. You are great. I can't wait to see you, and thank you so much for building awareness for sibling loss, and I'm excited to see what you're going to do after you graduate in the field of of grief and loss. Thank you so much, and it was my honor. Thank you both so much. Thank you, Cindy. Looking forward to seeing you soon. Love you, Cindy. You're the best. Take care. Love you, too. Wow. What, uh, that's a wonderful story. And she's so upbeat, Heidi. She is. And, you know, I, I just want everybody to know that they're listening to the show. Life goes on. It's, it's fabulous. And I love what she said about she has a moment with Dennis every so often. Yes. But, gosh, we want to have a moment. It's a gift. She is such a positive, upbeat, loving, kind person. I mean, she's just she's just all about hope and joy in her life. She really is. And I think that she's living her life not only for herself, but for her brother. Absolutely. Well, we want to thank everybody for listening to the show today, and we hope you tell your friends and family about it, particularly those siblings in your life. And Heidi and I always want to remind you that if you've lost hope, please lean on ours until you find your own, and God bless. You've been listening to Open to Hope Radio, hosted by Drs. Gloria and Heidi Horsley. Like today's edition, all of our past programs are available on demand at opentohope.com, along with helpful articles, videos, resources, and links to help get you through the toughest time of your life. You can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter and sign up for our monthly newsletter. Again, that's opentohope.com. Check it out today. Then be sure to stop by next Thursday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time when we'll be posting another edition of Open to Hope Radio. Remember, others have been where you are. They made it through, and you can too, as long as you're open to hope.